Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. The New York Giants acquire Isaiah Simmons from the Arizona Cardinals. We look at why this is a low-risk, high-reward move. Also, will we have a repeat champion in college football? And Steven Strasburg is calling it a career. I'm Kainani Stevens, and for Peter Bukowski, and this is Locked On Sports Today. The New York Giants have added some help on defense. Locked On Giants host Patricia Traina has more on how Isaiah Simmons will fit in with Big Blue. So the New York Giants sending a seventh-round 2024 draft pick to the Arizona Cardinals to acquire Isaiah Simmons. Um, a guy who basically out in Arizona, the Cardinals never quite figured out how to use this guy's talents. And um, the cost is not bad. You know, seventh round draft pick. Um, some people were surprised that the Giants would actually give up a draft pick considering that they only have seven for next year. They had seven for next year. They're not getting any comp picks. So um, let's take a look at the value here for a moment. The Giants are getting a young player, 25 years old, and their cost is only $1.01 million. That is Simmons's 2023 base salary. Now, Simmons was also paid a roster bonus by the Arizona Cardinals. So that roster bonus, I think it was something like $2.4 million. That counts against the Cardinals cap. That does not count against the Giants cap. So the Giants with one player acquisition in Simmons have upgraded inside linebacker, outside linebacker. You know, they can get some, some snaps with him with his hand in the dirt. And they even got a guy who can play slot cornerback. So that also helps. So they've got a guy who could do multiple things. And I'll talk a little bit more about the role. But I want to talk about first why the Giants made the trade. Because some of you, you know, when I when the news broke this morning on Twitter, you were like, Pat, why would they give up a draft pick when they don't have a whole lot to give up in terms of extra picks? And here's why, folks. Joe Shane, the Giants general manager, does not let grass grow under his feet. It's that simple. So what I mean by that is, is the Giants are 25th in the waiver wire order. And they will be 25th for, I think, the first three weeks of the season. The waiver wire order reflects the draft order, the original draft order from the past spring's draft. So if you're the New York Giants and you're looking to upgrade certain spots and you know that, you know, a potential solid player is going to become available, what are the odds you're going to be able to get that player? that he's going to fall down to you at, at, at number 25. And by the way, there's such a thing as priority waivers, meaning that, you know, you can put in waiver claims for like three players, for example, but the league kind of also specifies that you have to establish who's the priority. So if you have an opportunity to trade away a seventh round pick for a former top 10 draft pick, it makes sense. Love it. In 2020, um, I don't know if you guys remember, but back in 2020, it was down to Andrew Thomas and Isaiah Simmons. And I know a lot of people wanted Isaiah Simmons, but quite honestly, the Giants needed the tackle. They needed the offensive tackle, and Andrew Thomas was the pick. And I don't think anybody today is crying over that decision, to be honest with you. So now the Giants have two top 10 picks from that 2020 draft class, one on offense, one on defense. How much better is this team going to be with those two guys? Thomas locked in as the left tackle for the future. And now Isaiah 
uh, Simmons coming in, who if he has a solid year for the Giants in the role that he's going to play for them, gosh, what a steal that is. All right. They'll be able to sign him probably, you know, to a modest contract extension. So a solid job there. So um, Isaiah Simmons, that trade, absolutely love it because again, a seventh rounder for a former first round pick that again, didn't reach his potential because his team didn't really know how to use him. And plus with the changing in the coaching staff, you put him on a weak Martindale defense and ladies and gentlemen, that Giants defense, which already was starting to look sick, is going to look sicker. Stay up to date all year long in the New York Giants by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Giants on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports Today your first listen. Coming up, will there be a repeat college football champion this year? Before we get to that, though, the Broncos receiving core takes yet another hit. Time now to talk about bird dogs. They make you look good. They're the stretch khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg while giving you that truly sculpted look. They fit like a dream and bird dogs invented cloud knit fabric that looks just like khakis, but it stretches with you so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. They also use that anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. You can seriously go from the couch to the golf course to a night out all with the same pair of bird dogs on. These are the most comfortable shorts on the market. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on and enter promo code locked on for a free white tech hat with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on or promo code locked on for a free white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Broncos wide receiver Jerry Judy was carted off the field on Thursday during practice. Coach Sean Payton revealed it was a hamstring injury, and reports indicate that Judy could miss several weeks. Judy suffered the injury running an end around in team drills during a joint practice with the LA Rams. Judy's the fifth Broncos wide receiver who suffered an injury since the start of training camp for Denver, and they may be forced out of the lineup for an extended period. Among the injured, Tim Patrick suffered a season-ending torn Achilles tendon in the first week of camp. KJ Hamler was diagnosed with a heart ailment that's being treated with medication. He has since been released. And second-year receiver Jalen Virgil suffered a knee injury in this past Saturday's preseason loss to the San Francisco 49ers, and he's now on injured reserve. Milwaukee Bucks star Giannis Antetokounmpo said he does not plan to sign a contract extension when he becomes eligible next month and that he will not sign until he's comfortable knowing the organization will continue to compete for a championship. In an interview with the New York Times published on Thursday, the two-time MVP said, quote, numbers-wise, it doesn't make sense. He went on to add that the organization still has something to prove before he potentially signs an extension next summer. Giannis also called winning the NBA title in 2021 the best feeling he has ever had in basketball. He indicated that he would prioritize that feeling above all else when it comes to his future. The Red Sox beat the Astros yesterday by scoring a lot of runs. No, seriously, it was a lot of runs. Hi, Gabby here from Locked On Red Sox. Wow, what a game. What a statement by the Red Sox offense. Every single person in the lineup was hitting four hit games for multiple players. Connor Wong, um, Willier Abreu. I've been so impressed with what I've seen from him since being called up to the Red Sox. He's put together some great at-bats, and he's certainly making a case for having a more permanent spot on this team. So I'm 
definitely interested in seeing more of him. But talk about a freaking statement. I mean, the Red Sox smoked the Astros 17-1 to after the first two games. Went as poorly as they did for the Red Sox. This split, to me, is an absolute win. I said before the series started, just a split would be great. And the fact that they were able to pull that off is awesome. So keep momentum going. Beat the Dodgers. Let's do it. The Nationals beat the Yankees. What a win. Yet again, this Washington Nationals team. Don't count them out because you never know when they'll find their way to come and win a ball game. The Nationals beat the Yankees 6-5, to taking two of three games in this series up in Yankee Stadium, which is never an easy place to play. Let's get it started with first and foremost, Alex Call's go-ahead home run, his seventh home run of this season, Alex Call. And also, in that ninth inning, making that weird, kind of lumpy, game-winning catch, you could say, with runners on the pond, and you needed to make that play because it was routine, but you know this, with rain and everything else, it makes it a little bit hard. And also, shout-out to C.J. Abrams yet again. Put your cape on, young man. You are a superhero. Here is another story you need to know. Will Georgia repeat as champions of college football? Locked on College hosts got together to preview the 2023 season. Talking college football playoff on today's preview. And to help me out today, we're bringing in some of my friends. Jay Stevens from Locked on Buckeyes. Jonathan Davis from Locked on Longhorns. Kenton Gibbs, Locked on ACC. And Clint Shamblin, Locked on Bulldogs. Clint, I'm going to start with you. Back-to-back national championships for the Georgia Bulldogs. Mm. Why do they deserve to be the betting favorite for the national championship going into 2023? Uh, Three reasons. Kirby Smart, Kirby Smart, Kirby Smart. No luck with Brock Bowers there? uh, I mean, sure, you get the offensive weapons. You get Brock Bowers, the best offensive weapon, non-quarterback in the entire college football landscape. You get healthy running backs, a stable of them back. You get consistency on the offensive line. Oh, yeah. And just this, a defense that returns star power at every single level. Michael Williams, by the way, look out for defensive player of the year right there. That dude is a beast coming off the edge. Uh, You got talent everywhere. Kirby Smart knows what he's doing and offensive weapons galore. I'll go from Clint, the team who shattered this team's playoff hopes last year. Jay Stevens, host of Locked On Buckeyes, Ohio State's top three and best odds to win the college football playoff this season. Why should Ohio State get the nod yet again this year? I think it's not the offense like everyone's expecting. I do think there's going to be a major bump for the defense this year. Year two under Jim Knowles. You got Tui Malowal, returning starter on defense at defensive end, two really good elite linebackers in Steel Chambers and Tommy Eichenberg. And I do believe that when it comes to the uh, Ohio State, everyone looks at the offense. They look at Ryan Day. Look at the quarterbacks he's coached. Look at Marvin Harrison Jr. and the other guys there. Defense wins championships. We saw it with Georgia. I think you're going to see it with Ohio State. And I think that's one reason why Ohio State should be in that conversation right now. And it's tough to look at that receiving core and not think that they can't be an absolute force in college football this year. Jonathan, I want to ask you, I feel like Texas has this stigma attached to it that preseason, they're always the darlings and then they fall short in far too many games. Why is this year different for the Longhorns? Yeah, I'm all too familiar with that feeling, but I think this year is different (laughs) because they're going to be favored in 
11 of the 12 games they're going to play, right? The only game they're not going to be favored in is the game against Alabama. So I think that if you were to, you know, handle business in that game and, you know, not play with your food in the Big 12, then Texas certainly uh, could be, uh, you know, a contender for the college football playoff. And I think this year is just going to be different because it's year three and Steve Sarkeesian. We've seen the way that he's recruited. We've seen the development of the players on the 40 acres. And, you know, this is the last year in the Big 12. So we're trying to go out with a bank. So that's why Texas is for real this year because, we're going to the SEC, so we better be for real this year because it gets a lot harder in 2024. Sark has been recruiting like crazy, landing Colin Simmons. Yeah, you saw that today. Yeah. I, unfortunately, I did. Uh, I will uh, ease the pain of all the LSU fans out there. Kenton, a whole lot of love for Florida State going into this season, bringing back more production than any other, than any other team in college football this year. Clemson is another one. NC State is another school that just doesn't get quite enough love. Who do you think is the favorite in the ACC to potentially represent the conference in the college football playoff? Clemson is still the class of the conference as far as uh, national expectations and whatnot. Clemson last year had a down year. Let's explain what a down year is for Clemson. They played in a New Year's Six Bowl. They won the conference going away. They dominated uh, the University of North Carolina in the conference championship. It, they didn't. They looked beatable at times, but their down year is a New Year's Six Bowl. They are on a different level than everybody else in ACC right now. And so they're going to be the favorites coming in. Uh, Florida State, obviously, with, you know, all of the returning production that you talked about. Jared Verse, who is an animal. Every time I watch this tape as a former defensive line myself, it gets my motor going. I'm like, oh, that's that's exciting. I want to see it. Not as highlights. I mean, it's true. All 22 tape. And uh, the, the question there is about Jordan Travis. NC State, same question is, is that quarterback. Brennan Armstrong is new to NC State. However, he's not new to the system as he's reuniting with his previous offensive coordinator, Robert Denai, who he had his best year of college football under. So there's lots of teams. If UNC can figure out that defense, who knows? You know, if every game for them is in the race to 40, they could be in this conversation. There are plenty of ACC teams that could be in this conversation, but the reality is who is going to be in this conversation, which is a very different conversation. Coming up, Steven Strasburg is hanging up his cleats. Steven Strasburg has had a rough few years. He's dealt with injuries on top of injuries, and he's decided enough is enough. Locked on Nationals host Ryan Clary has more on Strasburg retiring. Steven Strasburg, the franchise legend, the number one overall pick for the Washington Nationals back in 2009. Steven Strasburg has officially retired from Major League Baseball. And wow, just my oh my. First and foremost, this is sad. This is a generally sad moment here for Steven Strasburg because we all know what has transpired over the last few years here. Since getting that monster contract after 2019, winning World Series MVP, putting the Nationals on his back to win the World Series, Steven Strasburg has not been the Steven Strasburg that we have always known. Over the last few years, since 2019, Strasburg has appeared in just about eight starts. In 2020, he appeared in two starts, and in that time frame, he had five innings pitched, giving up six earned runs. In 2021, he pitched in five games, gave up 16 hits in 21 and two-thirds innings pitch and 11 earned runs as well. And then one appearance last year in 2022, he went four and two-thirds innings, giving up seven earned runs. And obviously, we know what happened. Over the course of his career, he has had a lot of wear and tear on his arm, leading to 
what we all know now is T.O. as thoracic outlet syndrome that has basically taken over his career. And as we know here today, Steven Strasburg, according to Barry's Fluga, and as well as Jesse Doherty from the Washington Post, he is expected to retire. And not only retire, they even have a press conference date already for him, which is September 9th at Nationals Park, right before that Los Angeles Dodgers game. But before we get into all those furthermore details, let's talk about the legend, Steven Strasburg. This guy, and I truly do mean this, where would we be without Steven Strasburg? You cannot tell me that we would be winning the 2019 World Series without him, and also the 2012 team. When you think about that team, and what happened there down the stretch, Steven Strasburg got shut down. 2012, in a lot of people's eyes, was probably the most talented team the Nationals had in that decade. A lot of people do think that. 2019 was very loaded. 2016, 2017 was also both very good teams. But I believe in my heart that that 2012 team, if you would have had Steven Strasburg on the bump every few games in that postseason run, I think we would have made it to the NLCS. And I also think we could have made it to the World Series that year. That's how confident I was in that team. Well, we all know what has happened throughout his career. And it's just a bummer because this news just broke now. I grew up just like you guys here. I was at Steven Strasburg's debut start with my father and as well as my brother. We were all there. I was about 11, 12 years old, maybe. I was a kid. I'm 23 years old now. Steven Strasburg, outside of Ryan Zimmerman, was our first hope. He was our first guy that we could cling on to and say, this is our ace for the future. Because people talk about the Paul Skeens hype that was coming around this year. Steven Strasburg and the hype around him, even as an 11-year-old, 12-year-old, I remember it so fond. And it was because you have not seen a starting pitcher like him since Randy Johnson consistently throw 100 and do what else, all the other stuff that he could do. An amazingly hyped prospect coming into Major League Baseball. Unfortunately, injuries cutting things short, but you can never take away a World Series championship and a World Series MVP. And finally, the Guardians are naming their left field bleachers at Progressive Field in honor of John Adams, the longtime drummer and super fan who died this year. The team said on Thursday that the tribute to Adams, who was a fixture at Cleveland baseball games for nearly 50 years, will begin on opening day in 2024. Adams began his lifelong fandom and extended musical stay when, as a 21-year-old, he hauled a large drum that he bought at a garage sale for $25 into the outfield bleachers at Municipal Stadium on August 24th, 1973. But Cleveland's teams struggled for years. Adams was a steadying presence as he pounded his drum to help rally the team. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast. Make that your second listen. Coming up on Monday, what did we learn from the NFL preseason? At least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.